Hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast, 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brian McDonald, and I'm joined with 49ers team reporter, Lindsay Polaris. Lindsay, I know you've landed back in the Bay from the Combine. How would you wrap up your experience? Yeah, Brie, it was my first Combine, so I kind of went into it just trying to observe and see all the things that go on. And really, it is a very, very busy week on top of what's actually going on at the, you know, the main event of the Combine, which is, of course, evaluating the talent and all the interviews that are going on between teams and prospects. There's just a lot of NFL front office members everywhere, basically. Um, A lot of head coaches, general managers just floating around. And I, I imagine that a lot of important decisions are made at the Combine. So it was just a really, really great people watching experience um, and just a great way to see how the beginnings of NFL rosters are formed. So really great time in Indy. Um, and it was also great, obviously, to have a one-on-one interview with 49ers general manager John Lynch. That will be posted on our channels very soon. Uh, and just kind of see what the 49ers are really needing to do as they ramp up towards the draft. So great experience all around. Yeah, you mentioned that you caught up with John Lynch at the Combine, yet Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers coaching staff stayed back to focus on getting things in order before the NFL draft happens in late April. So everyone is at work in the offseason. But after hearing from John Lynch, how are the 49ers addressing this year's Combine, especially when the team's first draft pick doesn't come until the third round? Yeah, it's interesting. I I think John Lynch really he had like a one liner and I can't remember if it actually came in the press conference or in a breakout session that he had with some 49ers media. Um, But I thought it really addressed that very well. He said that the draft picks that the 49ers have headed into that 2023 NFL draft really reflect the needs of the team in the sense that a lot of the foundational pieces for the 49ers are locked in for 2023. Obviously, there were, I think, 27 guys that were headed into free agency. Some decisions have been made, so that number is getting a little bit smaller. But I think the theme of this draft in the combine and as they look through prospects is just adding depth at a lot of positions and shoring up you know, the offensive line and the defensive line and maybe a little bit of the secondary. But the, the foundational cornerstone pieces of your roster are coming back. Nick Bosa will be back. Debo Samuel will be back. You know, so, uh, you know, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, all the big names. So, yeah, it's just about finding guys that you can bring in, maybe develop, and just add depth to the, every position because I think the roster that we have in 2023 is is set to look very good. Yeah, it seems like the roster is just ready to go, but it also seems like the 49ers aren't too concerned that they're left to pick late in the draft because they've actually had a lot of success finding those late round draft gems. While you were in Indianapolis, did you get any insight from the team scouts on how they're able to identify those players who are a fit for San Francisco? Yeah, so I actually got to sit down with our director of college scouting, Tariq Ahmad, and I asked him this question and I think he basically summed it up. The job of the scouts isn't necessarily, and just the entire front office, it's not necessarily about 
trying to guess who's going to fall to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Um, he said it's their job to be an expert on everyone. So because you never really know how the draft is going to play out, right? The 49ers may not be involved with rounds one and two, but there are always guys that for one or another reason – fall back farther than they're projected or somehow are still available in the third round. So they really want to identify the people that they're interested in, meet with them, see if they fit the 49ers culture and locker room mentality. And then if they're available, then they've got enough information to, you know, make those important decisions during the draft, which, as you know, happened so quickly. Here's John Lynch on how college scouts like Tariq take part in the draft process. Yeah, believe me, you you trust on uh, in those scouts and the information they bring back. We we get to sit with them and we get to watch tape, but we get to sit in with them for a, you know, a 45 of the guys we get a 15-20 minute interview. You glean what you can, but the most productive information you get is when those scouts have been on a player for 2, 3, 4 years and they're talking to people from the head coach to the defense to the academic advisors to people who can do nothing for them about the type of person they are so that's vital to what we do the scouts are the are the heroes really in my mind when it comes to the draft process we've got a great group that I can't take a lot of credit for because they were here before I arrived and uh, I, I feel blessed all the time when we get in that process Kyle does too we really trust these guys we've had a lot of continuity and um, they are the guys that really drive the drive the bus when it comes to draft. Last year, eight of the 49ers' nine draft picks came after the second round. And even the year before, five of the team's seven picks also came after the second round. So this approach they're taking isn't anything too new for the team. One thing I took away from John Lynch's press conference was that he loved to watch players have breakthroughs, and he showed some love to 49ers defensive back Diamador Lenore. One of my favorite things, uh, you know, when I was a player, um, now as a general manager, is to watch players have breakthroughs. I think this was a breakthrough year for Diamador. Um, you know, we believed in him as a player coming in. It's a hard position to play. It's a hard position to get thrown into a fire. Um, you know, the, the coolest thing about him, he, he kind of broke through that. And it wasn't easy. You know, there, there's another corner on the other side in Mooney Ward um, that uh, people really respect. So they were going to go at the other guy. Uh, he withstood some adversity where people were coming after him. And the only way to put out that fire is to start making plays. And by the end, I wasn't so sure in some cases that they were throwing it at, at Mooney, you know. So I think that speaks a lot about the, the fortitude, uh, both mentally and physically, of uh, Diamador. Uh, the coolest thing is he's, he's got some flex where he can play outside and inside, so he gives us a lot of versatility there. We're really proud of the young man. He's going to be a big part of us moving forward. This comment took me back to our second-year players, and wow, did that class have a year. I'm curious to hear which 2021 draft pick stands out for you for having a breakthrough year. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm right there with John Lynch and uh, saying Diamador Lenore, especially the way his postseason played out, was really amazing to watch. So fun to watch. Um, I think you can't uh, talk about that 2021 draft class without talking about safety Talanoa Hufunga, who was also kind of in that category of late round gems that we keep talking about. He was a fifth rounder, pick 180 overall, and just, I mean, he got his first Pro Bowl selection and nod 
first team all pro in 2022. Uh, so happy for him. He ended the year with four interceptions. Um, you know, just a really, it's just a year I feel like where he really found himself. And I actually think that um, veteran veteran safety to Sean Gibson senior also played a really big role in that. Um, you know, I think he considers Tashawn a really big mentor in that way. And Tashawn, you know, had so much fun playing with Talanoa and that's been pretty well documented and they just really fed off each other really well. And Talanoa Hufanga started off the year strong on his own, obviously, but I think it does help to have that veteran presence kind of just helping guiding you along the way. And obviously the numbers really showed for him. So it was super fun to watch his development in year two. Yeah, although he came in the second round, someone who really stood out to me was Aaron Banks. He really made a name for himself holding down the offensive line, only allowing one sack. And speaking of veteran presence, he has Trent Williams on that O-line to help him out. Yeah, that's a good guy to have, I'd say. <laughs> right? But Diomedor Lenore, Talano Hufunga, like you mentioned, and even Elijah Mitchell were all drafted after the third round. So it truly goes to show how talented the 49ers personnel are at finding those late round gems who really fit the team. But all right, thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining me in this off-season update. For the very latest information, check out the news on 49ers.com. Don't forget to follow First and 10 on Spotify, and thank you, Faithful, for tuning in.